You are now listening to the Film Frequency Podcast, hosted by your professionally unprofessional film critics, The Film Bros. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? What's up, film family? It's your boy, CEO Hayes, and I'm joined by the prodigal one, Mr. Javid. But you guys know him as JB. What's going on, bros? What's going on, fam? What is going on, film family? I feel like we haven't done one of these in a hot minute, bro, but it's only been like, what, a week and a half, two weeks? Yeah, about a week and a half, two weeks. Uh, long enough, if you ask me. Like, it's... Because it's... We're, we... we we have these periods, right, where we're so consistent. We literally do film frequency every week for like three, four, five weeks, and then we'll take like these. We'll have an inconsistent month where we do maybe two episodes in a month, and it's just, it just feels weird when we don't. And plus, like me and you talk so much, it feels like we haven't really talked this last week, like personally either, right. the last week and a half. And I think that's what makes it feel a little even more weird. Is the fact that like we just really haven't talked that much lately. Um, yeah. We- we typically like t- at least text or talk probably almost daily. Daily, yeah. But probably for the last week and a half, we probably only spoke maybe three or four times, which yeah. still is a lot to most, but w- well below our normal standards. Yeah, you've been treating me like a basic bitch. I f- used to feel love. Now I'm now I'm a basic bitch. I see how it is. Um, but we are here That's to review. Game, bro. <laughs> here to review coming to America. Long awaited sequel. But before we get into that, we got to talk news. First thing up. JB, theaters are reopening in Los Angeles. Now, this has been, they already reopened in New York. They're now reopened in Los Angeles, the two biggest markets. So, as we head into a season where movies are going to start coming back out in theaters, what do you think about a major market like uh, Los Angeles reopening um, their movies? It's huge, man. I mean, it's it's Tinseltown. It's Hollywood. I mean, it's it's huge that they're opening up in L.A. Uh, such a, I mean, when you think of markets, for me, and I may be wrong on this, this is personally, I look at the three biggest markets as L.A., mm-hmm. New York, and I'll even throw Chicago in there. I feel like those are three of the biggest markets. And the fact that they're going to open up in L.A., which I think of all three is probably the biggest market when it comes to movies, I think it's huge. It's yeah. huge. It's definitely huge. And then when you look at, like I said, blockbusters are, are coming back out. We got probably, you know, I, I, I don't remember off the top of my head all the releases because everything's been pushed so much. But I do know uh, Kong versus Godzilla does come like out at the so. end of March. Yeah, it's March 24th, I think it comes out. So that could be huge. Like that is the when you think of movies that can get people back in theaters after a long time. A, it's it's going to be an action movie it's going to be a movie where you just show up for the spectacle it's family friendly it's not rated r or anything so this could be really huge for that um for the theaters as well because our second bit of news we'll get into why uh it's it's good that all this timing's coming around at the same time but one thing i have to ask you bro we're 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 movie pundits in a way like we we talk about theaters we love movies we like talking about the business of it do you think we know that for a while christopher nolan really pushed Tenet to have a theatrical release. He wanted it to be the first movie back when movie theaters reopened, and we know movie theaters... uh, That movie... Fuck, well, Russell Crowe was actually the first major movie out, but then Tenet came out the week after that. Um, Do you think that it was a mistake by Warner Brothers to rush Tenet out, considering where we are? Hindsight is twenty twenty, but considering we're at a place now where... about I think the last thing I read was like 60% of theaters are going to be open 
by April. What do you think about that, bro? So I'm going to answer that question in one second, and there's a reason why. Because okay. initially I was going to answer, but I, I want to back this up by facts. But to give you a quick answer, and before I tell you my why, I don't think it was a mistake that they did it. Um, the purpose the purpose of bringing it out is is obviously for for revenue purposes. But as I'm checking on t- Rotten Tomatoes, they have a about a seventy percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which for Rotten Tomatoes standards is pretty good. But overall, it's it hasn't even broken eighty. And I mean, at least from my end, I don't know about you, mm. I haven't heard people ranting and raving about this movie. I mean, I'm all up in the in the um, award season going on right now. Golden Globes was uh, a week or so ago, mm. got nothing. I think he got one nomination for like sound or some shit. For I, I mean, Oscar nominations haven't come up yet, but. Other than the the sound and maybe the uh, the um, score, there's probably gonna be nothing from Tenant. So it's complete. I don't think there's a big well, reaction to it. So well, well, reaction is after the fact, right? And the only reason I I cut you off there is because we know the the, the Tenant is considered one of Nolan's. It, it wasn't special like Nolan's other movies. But the reason why I say that, regardless of what people, you can only have a reaction after the movie's out. Had Tenet, let's let's replace Kong versus Godzilla with Tenet. I would think people are rushing to see a Christopher Nolan movie and they'll find out that it's bad after the fact. Yes. So if you're talking about initial opening weekend, mm-hmm. it would have fucking did amazing numbers, right? Yeah. But overall, it would have probably you know died out. But yes, if you're looking for a quick rush or to r- get people to run to the movie theater is if that's where you're, you know, you're basing question on, T- Tenant is probably one of the number one movies they could have came out with because at the beginning of the year, that was probably one of the top most anticipated movies. Uh, because, uh, you know, obviously Nolan's name is behind. It's going to be highly anticipated. So I think they kind of got people, tons of people to rush in for that that opening weekend. Absolutely. I mean, but I don't think it overall would have been great. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, but overall looking at it, like, Tenet. I didn't, actually, I don't mean to cut you up, bro. Would it have been a different feeling if you see it in a movie theater with, with that atmosphere? I think so. But, I mean, you got to keep in mind, it's not like it didn't, it didn't be, it wasn't in theaters at all because it was. And I was just about to read right. off the box office. So the 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 movie made three hundred and fifty million dollars on a two hundred million dollar budget, in wow. a time where a small small percentage of movie theaters were open. So you got to think nuts. if you have over half theaters open, and in major markets like New York, Los Angeles, California, because it's not just Los Angeles, but California as a whole are, are opening up movie theaters. You got to think that that pushes five six hundred million off the top right there. Let me ask you a question. Do you have? Do you still have the numbers up up right now? Oh, uh, let me see. Yeah, I do. I'm just curious to know what what is worldwide. Uh, if that is world, the, that is the worldwide domestic? box, the worldwide box office is 363 million. Do you know? Does it say what domestic is? No, it doesn't. The what I'm looking I'm at is. I'm curious to know that because I, I I bet you domestic is less than oh, half of that. No, domestic is actually no? higher. So tenant gross only 50. 57.9 million in the United States and Canada and 305 million in other ter- in a worldwide. Well, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Domestically, I it was Oh, you said less- dom- I thought you said for yeah. my bad. Yeah. So, no, no, no. you got to think if if over half of theaters are open, that's probably it's probably 300 million both ways. It's a 600 million dollar movie right there. You mean like a valuation based on if the all the theaters are open? Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm yeah, saying yeah, not yeah. even that's all. Fair. I'm saying if you have California, California, New York, and then around the country like they're like they are right now, easily. Yeah, yeah, and I mean at the at the end of the day, you said the budget was two fifty, right? Yeah. So there's they're freaking in the green no matter what. Yeah. 
which is crazy. Independent. That's that's the power of Christopher Nolan. Now, plus that doesn't count like whatever they got off of streaming because did they, they did they have like shit on on streaming that you could purchase the movie for like thirty nine ninety nine? That's considered. That's all that's, oh, that's part of it. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, but um, so I mean, interesting. And like our second bit of news that we're going to talk about is is you know kind of goes hand in hand with this. AMC Theaters lost four point six billion dollars last year. Last year. Last year in 2020. Now, we all know that through the stock market finessing, just craziness that happened, they end up covering all those losses plus some. Plus some. Which is fucking crazy. But when you think about it, like, when you hear that AMC was close to filing bankruptcy, possibly closing down, for, like, I I can't wait to see what, what Disney not not the movie side but like what they lost on disney world last year because if amc theaters lost 4.6 billion dollars i can't even fucking imagine what what they lost yeah you mean disney as a whole yeah disney as a whole yeah it's it's gonna be like crazy we'll probably get those numbers soon because you know it's the, the everyone's turning out um um financials you know around this month of march and and uh coming up april so it's gonna be crazy but you know what i keep kicking myself in the damn freaking ass because when amc was like in single digits bro i mean we should have really sat down and be like like really are they gonna allow movie theaters to literally go bankrupt yeah like this is like i like when 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 the car industry was going low and they bailed them out yeah i don't i wish i would have bought into the freaking and, and, stock and, at that and time the, and the reason why right and i don't this this isn't a stock podcast but this right, you right. know this is what i do so i want to talk about it a little bit the reason why movie theaters are always going to be bailed out until like literally streaming takes over to where movie theaters like this niche thing but the reason why they're there it was always going to be bailed out is because it's not just about what the movie theaters make it's about what revenue general what traffic it generates to the mall to restaurants around movie theaters to, to bars around movie theaters yeah to advertising billboards like the movie theaters generate more than just the box office numbers that we're used to talking it generates a lot more money money to that culturally into the into this country so they were always going to get bailed out always and not not only that um uh, to step away from the business aspect of it mm-hmm. um i remember myself when i was uh uh you know in a, the elementary school phase or even before that like four five six seven a typical friday afternoon would be literally my dad taking me to shea stadium to go watch a mets game and have a hot dog so it's at like that family atmosphere and that's what going to the movie i mean you you more than anybody know that it's that family atmosphere of going there and for them to take that away especially in these times it's you know they were always going to get bailed out. It's just that a lot of people didn't have the, 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 you know, I don't want to say the foresight, but a lot of people didn't, didn't think about it that deeply. They're like, Hey, you know what? Maybe I could throw a little something on this. Like, let me, let me uh, like, I hate to keep talking about stocks, but it's relevant here. Cause we're, we're talking movies. You remember movie pass, right? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I tried to get you to do movie pass for the longest. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with movie pass or whatever, but their stock right now is like under one cent, but I keep an eye on it big time because there is rumblings that AMC is going to buy uh, HMNY, which is like the, the 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 company that's that's the parent company of movie the people who do Movie Pass. So that could be a big thing. Do you see any way at all Movie Pass making a comeback? No, Movie Pass cannot. If AMC make a buys them, no, no. And the reason why I say that is that AMC has their own thing. So you're saying if AMC buys them, it's still not going to well, come back. Go ahead. They would be sorry. They would be buying them, really, not for to use MoviePass, but for their their um their database. 
I get that. The but no, I still don't think it come it comes back. Like yeah, they they get database. The only time that something like MoviePass can work is if you know how like with Hulu. I know Disney's the majority ownership now, but when Hulu first came around. Each of the networks owned a piece of Hulu. That's why they were all able to. That's why Hulu was mm-hmm. a one stream, a one stop place where you can get all these major networks and shows. The only way that Movie Pass or something that wants to replace Movie Pass can work is if they get all the theater chains a percentage of the company, and thus they get a percentage of the profits. The reason why Movie Pass was always undercut is that the theaters weren't gaining any of the money from that. Right. So if you if you can get these other cha- and you know that could be something we always talk about like how streaming for example is can cut into like if, if like warner brothers they're still doing all their movies day and date theater and streaming people talk about what that means for the theaters a great way for the theaters to avoid that is if they all combine together and say look you buy this 20 dollar membership you can get three free movies at any of the chains that are a part of this a month that that'll keep people in the theaters. That'd if be a damn needed. good idea. Yeah, that's a great idea. This is this is why people need to hire me for shit. I'm a fucking amazing business. Where else? Tell me what other film podcast do you hear this type of conversation? <laughs> only only the film bros. Only on film frequency. That's that's it. Period. Point blank, bro. That's it. Uh, so uh, anything left? I know we got one more bit of news before we get into the actual review. Do you got anything left, broski? No. On to the next. All right. So. Uh, Michael B. Jordan making his directorial debut, de- directing Creed 3. We talked about it when it was a rumor, been made official. I like this for several reasons, and I think you have uh, some issues by- based on your reaction when we put this on the docket, so we'll get into that. But I like this for a couple of different things, right? Creed is going to do the numbers it's going to do. I think at this point now, even if the movie ends up being bad, it's still going to turn a profit. They make these for cheap. They turn huge profits, but it also keeps the theme. And this is, I, I like stuff like this. Sylvester Stallone started directing movies in the Rocky franchise. He, and he's, he, Sylvester Stallone is an, an ama- nobody would call him an amazing director, but in the Rocky films, he can do pretty good. You know, Mike, I'm sure they're going to have, they're going to put people in place that have probably been working on the Creed franchise. But if this is a good thing for him to cut his teeth under and to see what he can do directorially, I don't, I don't have an issue with it. What do you think? It pains me a lot. Cause I love Michael B. Jordan. I love the Rocky franchise. It's probably, if I sit down and think about it, it's that 100% top three franchises for me of all time. Mm. I've seen every Rocky movie. Well, Rocky one through five, probably each over a hundred times each. Okay. That's how much I love the franchise. However, outside of the original Creed, these haven't been the best of movies. And I'm not saying the acting has been has been bad, but I don't feel like there's been enough enough depth with the story itself. Now I'm excited for Michael B. Jordan. Okay. I'm excited for Michael B. Jordan. His, you know, I don't know if this is his director's debut or whatever, but I'm excited that he's going to be in this role, and I'm excited to see what he does and he gets started in this. But am I going to go and watch it? Yes, of course I am because it's 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 I'm still gonna go and watch it. Am I gonna like it? That's a different thing. I just hope that they have. A, I don't know what the story is gonna be surrounding it, but I hope it has a good story because at this point, I don't know where in the hell they can go with this movie unless like we have Clubber Lang's kid coming in. But like my problem is like, what are we gonna get all of Rocky's old opponents' kids to come and do a whole other Creed? You know, I'd like to see Creed have his own thing like have his own 
story. Who did who did um who did Creed fight in in um in the first Creed? Uh, it was it was an actual the, boxer, but it was nobody linked to. to oh yeah, I think it was. Yeah. It might have been Andre Ward. Don't, don't quote me so. on that. Uh, let's see. Go keep keep going. I'll, I'll yeah, find yeah. So I'd like to see him like shy away from Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone pulled out of the uh, of the franchise. He's done with the franchise. Have its own separate thing. Just remove all of the rock. I mean, people love that nostalgic factor, as do I. But I think they need to move away from the Rocky thing and have him create his own thing, mm-hmm. unless they themselves are don't feel the Creed thing by himself is strong enough to survive on its own without the Rocky nostalgia. I don't know. Well, I, I don't think that that's the case. I think I, I, Rocky's not in this one, so I mean, it, we're gonna see if it can stand on on its own because. Sylvester Stallone retired the Rocky character. He's not going to be in this film. Um, so as far as like, but film wise, like the film conversation is a different piece of the conversation. Right. The, it's the, huge Michael, B. Michael B. Jordan is so fucking huge now. Yeah. And that's the thing. Well, he, is that, he's a draw by himself. So that's why I don't think that this is, you can't lose on this one. Like, no. I mean, he could lose in the sense that the he, he could be a completely terrible director and we can find out on Creed 3. But I just think if you look at Michael B. Jordan, right? He started off, uh, he was in The Wire, which you know, wasn't a super huge role in The Wire, but like I'm talking about this, this renaissance of Michael B. Jordan. It really started with Chronicle. He was in Chronicle. He, he, was a shine, he, he shined in that movie. And then he kind of was around. Fruitville Station then came along. And then the same director, Creed, and Creed really took him off into the next level than Black Panther. He's, he's, he's a bona fide Hollywood star at this point. Um, to me, not to cut you off, yeah. the movie that really okay, I understand. Obviously, Fruitvale Station was the first movie I seen him. Good movie. Yeah. Black Panther obviously is a classic, but the movie that really showed me his acting chops is, uh, oh, of course, now I forgot the movie. What's the movie where he's the lawyer? Oh, you talk that like that just came out in two thousand. Just Mercy. That's a fucking amazing movie. For me, that's yeah. what I was like. Whoa! Not like oh, cool, cool. You know, he's doing some kick ass stuff. No, like that's showing his acting chops. He did phenomenal, phenomenal in that movie, and that was the one movie that really opened up my eyes to his acting. Yeah, he did good in Black Panther, but this is a different kind of acting. It's drama. And, and I think the thing about Michael B. Jordan too is that we've seen him evolve, and he hasn't. It hasn't been oversaturated with him yet. Like Michael B. Jordan. In film wise, is only he's been in under 20, 20 movies, and that's and, crazy. And that's going all the way back to when he was in Hardball and like as a kid. As far as like adult Michael B. Jordan, he's really been in like twelve films. So we we have scratched the surface of what Michael B. Jordan can possibly do as an actor. Now the director part of it, I I I the fact that he cut his teeth under Ryan Coogler, he's worked with him so much. You have to think that some of that. It, by osmosis is rubbed off on him a little bit you would hope so as far as him as a director i he has I, i'm all on board until i see something that's terrible and even then if his first movie is bad i still i still wouldn't give up on him as a director to be honest with you yeah. i think this movie is going to do great number regardless of what i just said of it might sucking mm-hmm. i think it's going to do good in in terms of financials and i think it's going to be directed well as well and let me tell you why we we know michael b jordan We've I've seen thousands of interviews with him. He has one of those attitudes where like what he does, he goes 100 percent. So he's not going to allow this movie to fail. And like you said, he's around Cougar. So he has good people around him. And just knowing who he is as a person, he's going to he's not going to put out something that's shit. It's just that 
how are I don't think fans are gonna go to this movie and say this movie sucked because the directing was horrible. If it does suck, and I could be, I'll be, I, I, I'm hope I'm hoping that I eat my words. Mm-hmm. But if this movie does suck and people say it suck, I don't think it's gonna be because of the directing. I really think it's gonna be because they didn't like the story behind it, and mm-hmm. we don't even know what the story is because they haven't they haven't announced that yet, right? Yeah. Yeah, we don't know. Anything. That's my biggest fear. I hope it's a good story behind it. All right. Well, that's it. Uh, yeah. Overall, let us know what you guys think. Uh, are you excited to see Michael B. Jordan direct his first movie in Creed Three? Excited for the Creed franchise to continue? I, you know, Michael B. Jordan and Tessa are two of my top actors and actresses around right now, so they are always gonna have my vote. Um, until until if Creed Three comes out and is completely terrible. You'll hear me trash it right here on the film frequency. But let's get off into that. What if it was Apollo Creed returning and he's like, I faked my death because I don't want to pay child support. I'll, I'll save that for MBK. Sorry. This should be fucking, the intro to the I video. I fucking hate you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, what are you doing back here? Mufasa. <laughs> Say it again. Feel right in his I've just discovered that I may have a son here in this land. How much child support is she getting from me? The king pays no child support. No child support for 30 years and you came back? You was a dummy! <laughs> Hello, I am Hakim Jaffer, king of Zamunda. You are the heir to the throne. Yeah, my son. He's supposed to be like the prince of Wakanda. Wakanda is a fictional place. Not to everybody. Zamunda is a very real nation. I don't need no handout. Wait a minute. All right, I'm gonna pay. Okay, baby. <laughs> Presenting King Akeem's son from America. And my mom's. And his mom's. Children, this is your brother. Hey, Quang. I'm sorry I slept with your man. This happened before we even met. It's not like you're the first man I've ever been with. I have met. What did you just say about the other man? Coming to America, now it's coming to me. Moving on. Coming to America, a sequel that people were hyped for. Um, Well, let me not say hyped for. I think people always wondered what a Coming to America sequel would look like, right? A classic, iconic role, iconic movie um, from. Eddie Murphy. Um, they brought just about everybody back in this one, except Eric LaSalle did not return. And then anyone who was Is he the soul glow guy? Yeah, he did not okay. return. And then of course the people who've passed away. And Samuel sure. Jackson also did not return. But just about everybody else, the gang's all here. Um I say it. Say it. It's all this over your movie fucking was so face. fucking disappointing. It's ridiculous, bro. And that's not to say that there weren't parts where I thought it was funny. That's not to say that it, it's not it some a part of the nostalgia aspect of this film is going to get me every time. It felt good to see some of these the barbershop scenes, fucking phenomenal, right? Sexual mm-hmm. chocolate coming back at the end cracked me the fuck up. Like they didn't even have to sing. Just the fact then they brought the rapping twins back, like everything with that nostalgia. But I, I for for me personally, if it wasn't for the nostalgia aspect of this film, I battle with how much of this would I actually have liked. And that's where the problem lies for me. What about you? So here we have almost the same take. And here, here's my thing. If let's say this was coming to America one, mm-hmm. I would be fucking ripping this movie apart by shreds. But what kept me entertained with this movie is the nostalgia factor. I, every time I see those idiots at the barbershop or I see, um, I see the dude, um, um, singing on the stage, uh, you know, sexual chocolate, right? That, that he's sexual chocolate, right? The, the priest or yeah. whatever. 
Yeah. These no, no, the priest, you... priest and sexual chocolate are two different things, but he was the priest too. Okay. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. So these are the things that got me to laugh. I, but even though I wasn't laughing out loud, I laughed, I, I smiled, but not like coming to America one. And also at the same time, normally part ones are always better than part twos. It's very rare that a part two is better than part one. I mean, like maybe back to future two versus one for me, but it, it's very rare. So that, they were already up against it. But number, number two is I was expecting a lot of this movie and maybe because I didn't, I don't like reading into movies or watching too many trailers. So I would have figured it out. Mm-hmm. I was hoping that a lot of this would be in New York. So we would see how they reacting to 2021 or whatever, 2020. New York, because a lot of things have changed since freaking the 80s. Yeah. But 90% of the movie was in, um, I almost said Wakanda. 90% of the movie was Zamunda. in Zamunda. Yeah. It, it, okay. And to pick up on that point, and I'm sorry to cut you off, because I, no, I, no, no. I, I want to pick up on, on that point there. I feel like the, okay, the, another reason why I did not really care for this movie is that I feel like they wanted to tell a story of change in, in I almost say Wakanda in Zamunda, right? With his daughters. <laughs> the fact that at the end of the movie, he says he's going to change to where his daughter can rule. I think a better version of, the, rather than play a lot on the same things, things of the original, what if this movie would have been based off his daughter not being able to ascend and, and take ownership of her own life, saying, fuck it, I'm going to America. I would have loved that. And let me tell you, I don't know who the fuck his daughter is, but number one, she's beautiful. And number two, I enjoyed her in this movie. I really enjoyed her in this movie. I would like, I would love to watch a coming to America three with like her story. Give yeah. me more of her. Like I want to like what the, the, what you just said about her going to New York to find her King. Mm-hmm. I would have been all up for, I would have been hundred percent all in for that. Um, I forgot the name of the dude that played his son. Not, I wasn't a big fan of, of, of that dude. I forgot what his, what his real name is. And his mom though, I've always, you know, his mom is funny as shit. I I've known her for like a long time, but the cast was outside of the original cast. The new people that we got introduced for the new people um, were pretty good. So, yeah, but I didn't like, I didn't really like his son that much. I, I mean, yeah, okay, I exactly. Like this, and this, and that's where my problem is. Say so you eliminate, you eliminate that whole storyline because the whole, the only purpose that having a son brings into this movies that you can replay some of the same things of the original th- themes of the original had you really done some and that's that's what made coming to america was the so same themes with the daughter was exact was so unique that had you flip that aspect and it's like and he has to bring her back or we see him in zamuda wondering why his daughter left for her being introduced to this new world kind of like how he was those could have been your 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 hooks into the theme of the last one but you could have if you wanted to tell a story about women ascending and women being powerful which they gave them the last fight scene it could have been so much more powerful if you had her go her sister made one of the little sisters kind of forced their way to go with her to America. And she says, well, if I can't rule here, I might as well. Like maybe she sees a, a, a black woman empowered. Hell, Kamala Harris on TV and says, well, hell, I can go and be I can go and rule over in in America. Uh, not like take rule, but I can own my own life. I can be a queen in a different way over in America. And then you find them trying to find a way to bond. He goes back to New York. He's kind of like reminiscing about some of the things he like there's a, such a better story that could have been told if they would have done that bringing in the son character and the, and the actor was cool it just it it box you in to where you can only feel like you're trying to redo something that you can't do as great as the first one whereas if you would have went a different route you could have made your whole own story and it could have been amazing 
Yeah, and they could have had like instead of ha- they could have had a guy in a, in New York or in you know in America trying to pursue his daughter, and the same concept like you know he likes her, but he's like a, a middle class guy, so he can only uh, afford to buy her. I'm just throwing something out there, a two hundred dollar bracelet, and she's like, oh, thank you so much. But meanwhile, she has like a thirty million dollar bracelet sitting on her freaking counter because she's rich, obviously, and. It could, they could have completely did the same story, but not really because now it's from a girl's point of view. Because exactly. instead of a guy, but they literally redid the same thing. And where that fails is what you just said. If you're going to redo something, you damn well better do it better or people are going to shit all over it. And the problem is that dude is no freaking Eddie Murphy. At all. So At it, all. It, you know, and, and it, it just failed. So we got some comments I want to read all from uh, Marquis, who's uh, one of my co-hosts on the break. Shout out. Thanks for support. But he says, wow, to my to my uh, idea of the story being built around his daughter going to Queens. And then he also says not to fu- not not her king just to find a new world, which, OK, yeah, you take away the love trying to make it built around love. But then he says the queen returns to Queens or goes to Queens. It's fucking amazing. Like it. If like if you wanted to make the story of of coming to America different, unique, but but powerful, I just think that they missed such a great opportunity to do that with having the the daughter be the be the main character there. And they had a great actress being it. It would be different if they had like if maybe the the actor who played the son was a better actor than the daughter. But the daughter shine outshined any 100%. any of the of the kids in this. And so I just feel like. In a time period where we're telling them the stories of women being empowered and women being able to own their own stories and have their own voices, they just missed a a chance to just catapult themselves and make themselves something special in a time where people want to see that type of content. At the end of the day, though, this was nothing more than we always talk about this shit when we talk about sequels and reboots. It was probably just a money grab. They probably literally give zero fucks. I mean, I don't know how it did in terms of financials or whatever, Mm -hmm. because I know it came out on Amazon, so I don't know how that's graded and whatnot, what the scale is. But, I mean, I don't... I don't think they they thought that this would like break down doors and you know win awards and and be a completely uh, people ranting and raving about it, but for what it was, which for me was all nostalgia, it was okay. It wasn't. I didn't expect much from this movie anyway. Yeah, we like talked the same about way that. you felt we, about yeah. Bad Boys Three. That's how I was coming into this yeah. for for coming to America. So I didn't have high expectations. Okay, now now we we haven't talked much about the actual story, um, and we don't do complete rundowns of of the of the film here. But I do want to talk about like starting off, like the the basis of this film. Also, like I feel like they they cut Akeem's balls off early in this movie, and here's why. And this is why I don't like this. A to start this off thirty years later, and he still hasn't become king just because it's fu- that's not how this shit works. Like, it's not the British family where you got to wait on people to die, but this is African kings. But nonetheless, let's let's just say that. But then to have James Earl Jones tell him, you're going to be assassinated within a month tops of me dying. Like, the the, Akeem that we saw in Coming to America, while he was a prince, while he was probably sheltered, he was not a, like, he wasn't a punk. They completely cut his balls off at the beginning of this movie. And that, that was problematic to a great... A, a great a, a powerful prince at the t- like hell we one of the the characteristics that got him his girl is the fact that he stood up to the robber he defended mcdowell's when samuel jackson was in there with knives like he did not back down so to have him be this 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 prince that you got to worry about turning into a punk when you die it's like Come on now, man. Come on. Well, one of my biggest problems is basically relevant to what you just said. And my problem was with James Earl Jones, because 
James Earl Jones in the first one was he, yeah he was a like he was a stern king, but at the end of the day he respected his son. But the way they wrote him in this is he absolutely had like zero respect mm-hmm. for for Akeem for Eddie Murphy and. That's not something we saw in part one. Did he get mad at him? Yes. Was he stern? Yes. Was he strict? Yes. But he still respected him along the way. And it was like, okay, Akeem was being groomed to be the next king. Not 30 years later. So I thought that that part of the story was really freaking awkward. Because yeah. all of a sudden, like, they pretty much wrote James Earl Jones like a freaking villain. Well, so... Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Keep, um, I yeah, keep... so I, 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 for me, that completely threw me off. And that's like at the beginning of the movie, I'm like... Like who pissed in this guy's freaking cereal? Because he was just like he had this attitude about him and this way about him. I think. What do you think? Yeah, it it he he. So while he wanted the best for his son, in the original he had a respect for his son. You could tell that he had a respect. He talked to him like maybe somebody that needed motivation, but still somebody that you respected what they could become. So for thirty years later, like to just treat him as if he's a, he treated him. How Arsenio Hall's character was treated in the original. Yeah, that's how he that's treated true. them. Like they were, like they were on the same level. Like, and that wasn't what we saw in the original. So, it, and, I, and this is why I said this. And people, I got a little backlash when I tweeted this on Twitter uh, right after I saw the movie. Is that this movie for me feels like it was made by people who saw the original coming to? I mean, who heard about the story in the original coming to America, but never actually saw the movie. That that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, really and truly. I know there's a lot of people that that really love this movie. I mean, I've seen it. People I know, and I've seen it all over social media. But I guarantee you, if those people were to take out, take out the nostalgic factor, or ask anybody who's not seen part one, just this movie, they're not going to be ranting and raving. They might say it's okay at best. But if you take away the nostalgia factor, there literally there's not this movie. There's nothing there for me. There's nothing there. And then. Let's get into, so we talked about Akeem. And did you know, and I read this after the fact, and I know you usually the one comes up with random facts, but James Earl Jones and Eddie Murphy were never in the same room at any point of filming this. What? It was all green screen. Why? Because uh, James Earl Jones wasn't health, health, healthy enough to travel. So they, they wow. kind of had to film him where they could. Um, but yeah, they never were actually in the same room during this during this filming. That shit is crazy. Just goes to show you how, how good... Uh, how good the uh, the visuals of, was in this yeah. movie. That's pretty good. Yeah, for sure. So that kind of sets us sets us off on going to find this son. We found out in a hilarious flashback scene, and one in which the de aging didn't look that bad. Um, it was noticeable if you knew what you were looking for, but if you're just in, engulfed in the film, it's, it didn't look too bad. But we get that flashback scene of of the night, and I loved it because you know a lot of these movies would have did a flashback and it would have been the scene we never saw from the first one. But the fact that it was a scene that we saw and you know, they added some things into there funny, but we get, right. we see how this son came to be. Uh, and me and you had talked about when this movie came out and he had a son, we were like, so wait, did he cheat? That didn't, that didn't seem like Akeem. So I'm glad that they actually thought about that. But then we get the son character. And I, what I will say is that the initial scene with the son and when he's going for that job interview, I thought I was going to love this guy. Me too. 100%. This was his best scene in the movie to me, other than the scene. I like the scene with the lion whiskers. I just like that. But this was the best scene for him, for me, and it was just all fucking downhill after this. But what did you think about that initial scene, him going for the job interview, which also the person he was interviewing with was the nephew of the two characters from the, I don't remember their names, but uh, who are also in Trading Places. Is that the name of the movie? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, Trading yeah. Place with Dan Aykroyd yeah. and Andy Murphy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, that initial, the initial uh, 
scene with the guy, I, I was like, okay, he's going to be really funny. He's going to be able to keep up with Arsenio and Eddie Murphy. And by the way, let me just say, Arsenio was a big fucking flop for me. I don't know if you got the same vibe. He wasn't the same Arsenio in part one. Arsenio's best character in this was Baba, the one who circumcised him. That's when I, that, that was the oh, old yeah, person, yeah, the, the witch skin, doctor. Yeah, yeah. That was, oh yeah, that yeah, was yeah. Arsenio Hall. That was the fucking best that yeah. Arsenio did. But like, Simi in this movie, which is the main character Arsenio plays, fucking didn't do shit in this movie either. You know what the shining star or the shining light in this movie was for me? What? You may disagree. Wesley Snipes. We'll talk Wesley about that. Wesley Snipes was, bro, I think every bro. time I walk into a room now, I'm going to enter the room just like that. Dude. His interest is alone, bro. Like, I, I'm telling you, I, when I come back to Florida, that's how I'm making my interest into your house. I'm like, I can't you do that anywhere I go now. <laughs> yeah. Just like with that, with that little swag, yeah. the music, bro. Wesley, I haven't seen Wesley Snipes in like a in a true comedy in like forever. Well, well, Dolomite is Dolomite. my name. Yeah, yeah, but he, I feel like he was way over the top here versus Dolomite, and um, he he did phenomenal. For me, he was the best thing of this movie. Okay, well, to me the. That's the thing. Even like, better than Eddie Murphy. He had such me. was, and that's Eddie Murphy felt like a backseat Akeem, character. Akeem felt like a backseat character in this movie. Um, but to to characters that he shouldn't have been a backseat to, and that's what made it. Eddie Murphy being or Prince Akeem being a backseat thirty years later isn't a bad end of itself. But you have to replace that with characters that are as engaging as he was in the original, and they didn't do that, and that's part, a big part of the issue here. Um, but our, but uh, Wesley Snipes was fucking amazing in this movie. Fucking hilarious! Um, every time he was he was in a scene, you just watched. With he was the one that you were focused in on. Um, so yeah, great, great there. Uh, but okay, so the son. So we we get the meeting, the initial meeting between them. He goes to Zamunda with his with his with with his mom. The Prince trials in this. Why do they spend so much fucking time on that shit, bro? On the what? The Prince trials, the, the trials, the learning your ancestors' name, the lion oh, shit. I don't know. All that. And that was a big part of the movie too. Well, yeah, that was the whole second act. It felt like, but but I think the re- one of the reasons they did that is because that gives him the connection to the chick that he you know ends up marrying. Who's because without that, amazingly huh? beautiful. She, oh yeah, she she was. N- all, Nizamo Mbatha is her name. And listen, everybody. Well, how, why do you know that? Every because fuck, I did my research. Everybody knows Dasha Polanco has been my celebrity crush for like the last three years. She knocked Dasha down to number two place immediately. Nizamo and Batha. That, that's your thing? Her and Catherine from Just Spice. Just, but keep, keep it going, bro. I'm sorry. You, I cut you off you, there. Go you ahead. You gladly sucked the toe. We should hold that conversation for MBK. Wait a second. How are you going <laughs> to This is not what we're here for. But keep, keep I know going. The, the MBK bleeds in sometimes. <laughs> that's the problem. But um, I don't even know where we go from there. But yeah, the, the tri- a lot, there's a lot of this movie also that could have probably been done away with a lot of different things. But it goes back again to the dude. Because w- had they did this with with Eddie Murphy 30 years ago in part one, mm-hmm. we, it would have probably been enjoyable. And another thing that I was thinking about with Eddie Murphy in part one, and, and I hate that we're, we're comparing it to part one cause it's not fair to the movie. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you're going to make a sequel, people are going to do that. We had Eddie for me, Eddie Murphy pulled me in. I wanted him to, to find his queen. Mm-hmm. I was ruined for him the whole time. He had this innocence about him and this like ability about him. Mm-hmm. For me, this dude didn't. I could give a fuck if he found his wife or and not. And that's the thing. So, and we talked about this on the Breaks Radio when we talked about this film. So, the, the, the fact that they're trying to do so much parallels between the story in the original and the story with this, the fact that the son here, um, uh, Lavelle is his name, 
Yes. The fact that he was so ready to just marry the African because she was beautiful. And then it, he switched to the to Nazamo's character and it didn't feel earned. Like Eddie didn't want to marry Vanessa Calloway's character initially. He immediately saw she's mindless. I don't want my queen to be this. I want somebody who matches me. The fact that Lavelle was ready to marry a mindless because she was just beautiful, like it, it doesn't it, the same story isn't there. That's why they the overall what this thing is. To me, and it's going to keep coming back to this, they should have not tried to tell so many parallel, parallel paralleling stories to the original. Period. I agree. Also, another thing, and I may I may have missed it, but throughout towards the the ending part of the movie, Wesley Snipes is like, he's marrying my daughter. I'm killing everybody. Mm-hmm. And just like that, he was like, okay, it's cool. He can marry somebody else. I don't understand where where did the fix come? Because he got his I ass like beat, huh? Because he lost the fight to the daughters. He got embarrassed. He didn't want to. So that's why he, he dropped that shit. Oh man, I oh. But with Wesley Wesley Snipes' character supposed to be this badass. Yeah, he got his ass kicked by two kids. But at the same time, like that that's it. It's just I felt like that was kind of rushed. They could have probably did a little bit more with that. Um, maybe I'm I'm nitpicking too much, but I don't know. I I, I don't know. I would like to see some see see something else differently. Yeah, but. it's it's they, and that's the thing. The cast in this movie. For what it's worth, did their fucking jobs. Except the son. Lavelle's, what's that? Let me use find his name. This is uh, Lavelle is Jermaine F- Fowler. I've never seen him in anything else. Me either. It's, I really feel like had they not tried to force that character in, we could have got a, such, such a better, a much better movie. He doesn't bring many of the laughs. He doesn't bring the, the, the depth that we, that we, from the original. It was just, and then what do you. Who would you have liked to see? Cast is that character, bro. Honest, and this Would is Jamie Foxx be too old. Yeah, Jamie Foxx is way too fucking old. Um, you don't watch Snowfall, no, but bro, I seen trailers. I need to watch that shit. It looks really good though. Dame St. Idris could have done it for sure. I honestly think um, Lakeith Stanfield could have done it. He probably would have been funnier, and he would have he would have nailed. Lakeith would Stanford would have nailed the awkwardness of being in a different country because he's just an awkward ass person in general. Well, what? But I think I'm just he trying to think in the, my head. What what has he done comedy? He he was he was he was in um, Judas and the Black Messiah. But that wasn't comedy. No, it's not. Oh, it's comedy Atlanta ATL. Yeah, have you, you, need you, a, you need like a. Do you not watch Atlanta? I saw the movie ATL. No, no. Oh God. <laughs> The, the chick from ATL is Daniel, so hot. What's her Daniel name? Clover. What's her name again? The chick from ATL. <laughs> oh, I don't even fuck her. Oh, uh, Nunu. Nunu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But um, hey. yeah. I mean, I, that's just people that come off the top of my head of who could have, who I, I would have rather been cast. But you know, those are big names. Even if you wanted to go an unknown or somebody who wasn't too too well known, I just you got to think that they could have found people funny. And maybe maybe the dude is a fucking stand up comedian. He's he's great. But like that shit doesn't always either that or the writers just didn't do a good job for him. And that that could be it too. It, maybe it's not his his inability to do it. Maybe they just didn't write as well for him. Yeah, we won't know until we see him in something else. And the funny and, and you know what? I take that back because I have seen him in something else. He was in Sorry to Bother You with Lakeith Stanfield. He was actually his friend, and they had this hilarious com uh argument where they were arguing with each other through compliments so the dude is funny he can nail comedy so maybe it was just the writing yeah yeah see that's yeah that that that's unfortunate for him such a big uh stage and if the writing's not good but yeah. i never seen anything with him so just based on this i'll still see something else that he comes out with just to compare but you know yeah um so one thing that i wanted to bring up and did this hurt or help the film or did you not notice it coming to america the original was rated r this was rated 
PG 13 or just PG? I think it was 13. PG 13. Do you think that took some of the edge off the movie for you? I do, but I understand why they do it. Cause a lot of this movie was filmed in Zamunda in Zamunda. People don't just walk around saying fuck. If it was in New York, I'm sure this movie would have been rated R. Cause you know, you would have got the, the neighbors fighting and you know, just people throwing out, throwing out curse words, mm-hmm. but cause it was in majority of the movie was in Zamunda. It's sort of like this classy sort of vibe. There's not like, you know, ratchet people running around and stuff. It's a, it's a classy country. So, um, that's probably why, um, I, to answer your question, though, yes, and it goes back to my bad. It goes back to um, me saying they should have really. I, I would have liked to see majority of this movie filmed in New York, like the New York side of it, because that's what I was really looking forward to. I may be biased. I'm from New York. I love. I love my home state. But when's the last think, time you were in New York? Mm, 2014, 2015. Been a while. No, you've been in New York since then, bro. Because you had you better would um. With uh oh yeah yeah maybe eighteen two thousand eighteen yeah. with Bello yeah. yeah two thousand probably two thousand eighteen okay cool yeah a couple of years but um I just felt they could have been done so much with Akeem seeing New York thirty years later his his daughter seeing a a different place so opposite of Zamunda you know and everything is gonna be like what the hell to her they could have did so much and they only did just a small piece I mean there was like literally ten minutes in New York maybe if that. So I feel like they dropped the ball there for me. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, let's get into some of the cameos, right? We did get Jane John Amos back, who I bro, real talk. And I'm sorry, like from good I didn't times. Know what you're gonna say. I I thought he was dead in real life. Like until <laughs> I swear to I would have sworn too, to, God, to God that he was dead. And I, I know that sounds morbid to say, but when he showed up, I'm I'm legitimately looking at this like they did such a great job with the CGI on his face. Like I'm legitimately sitting here, like, oh, they did the deep fake shit. Like James, damn, damn. And and then I'm like, wait, is he still alive? Like, I did not know. I'm sorry, I did not know he was still alive. Louis fucking Anderson came back. Who, bro? I almost forgot he was in the original. I'm not even kidding. I thought he overdosed on drugs or something. I I swear to God, I'm not kidding. (laughs) So I was shocked. I don't know who I was confusing him with, but I thought he opened on drugs and died. So you thought so a lot of people were dead. Q. You thought you thought a lot. You found out yeah, that some, a few people were alive. Because me and Q watched this together, and I was like, "Yo, hold up! I thought this. I thought he overdosed and died on drugs." He's like, "What are you talking about? That's Louis Anderson." I'm like, "Wow, I could have swore he overdosed on drugs do and you, died." Do you know how Louis Anderson got cast in the first Coming to America? It didn't I think I read something like they forced them to have one white person, one white person in the movie. You know what's crazy? Crazy. Yeah. I went back and thought about him. Besides Louis Anderson, I cannot think of one besides well, the Eddie t- Murphy the playing t- the character, the Jewish character in the barbershop. Well, that's not real. Well, that and the, the two white guys from Trading Places that were popped up as bones oh, yeah, briefly. Yeah, 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 yeah. But sure. that's literally right. the only white people in the original coming to America, which is it's fuck I found that funny as hell to find that because how many how many movies do you think they back then? Now it's probably more, but they said you have to cast a black person in this movie. That's crazy. Crazy to think that. <laughs> Yo, if you're talking about cameos, how about the voice of God, Morgan Freeman? Bro, bro I fucking... I'm so happy to see him. When I saw... I, yeah, anytime you see Morgan Freeman, it's... And Morgan Freeman, like, legitimately, as old as that motherfucker is, he bro, still hey, got bro. some spunk. Like He does, bro. He does. He still <laughs> got the double earrings. Exactly. And this shit's fucking like, hilarious, this dude is like, 120 rocking the earrings and everything and he still looks great man i don't know how old he is but he looks great and i was just thinking like here are two people morgan freeman and james earl jones who 
their voices are so like the you, two, you hear two the of the most you know, iconic voices ever. ever. Period. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Fucking crazy. Uh, what? What? So I mean, we really ran down most of the characters. Now, two that we did skip were um, Lavelle's mother, played by Leslie Jones, and also his uncle, played by Tracy Morgan. Um, and I like how they were to kind of parallel. Um, Tracy Morgan was really the parallel semi and the, the playoff semi some, but they weren't overused. Tracy Morgan, I've, I I hate him as a lead as a lead and please don't even have him second. Tracy Morgan needs to be like the fourth or fifth build person, but he can be very funny in spurts. What do you think about what Tracy Morgan and uh, Leslie Jones were able to do in this? Film? So I, I actually thought we were about to get into an argument, but I guess not because I was. I'm not a fan of Tracy Morgan at all. Okay. I remember I saw this thing on Facebook the other day, and they were like comparing like all these like black comedians, and I'm like, why the fuck is Tracy Morgan pitcher even? It was like with Martin and like these classic guys like you know Cedric, and I'm like, why is he even in this? Like Tracy Morgan does not do it for me. However, for this movie, they gave us just enough for me to be okay with him, and the little bit he was in was oh, I was okay with. Leslie Jones, on the other hand, I really enjoyed her. Um. But I'm not usually a big fan of her. Um, I, like my wife is a huge fan of Supermarket Sweep. I don't even know if you know what that is, mm, but no it's a it's a game show and it's it's an old school game show and they rebooted it. And Leslie Jones is the host of the show. It's a, it's a it's a game show, but she is so annoying on that show. I'll send you some clips on you. Uh, like they have YouTube clips. She's so annoying, and I haven't seen. I, this might be the first Leslie Jones movie I've seen, I think, because outside of Supermarket Sweep, I've never seen it in a movie. So when I saw her, I'm like, oh, my God, she she's in this movie. She's so annoying. But I think she did. a I think she did a phenomenal job. Her interactions with Akeem's wife were like funny as shit. And overall, she did a great job. Definitely. That is somebody that we skipped. Lisa, yes. we did not talk about Lisa at all. I am sorry. Let's talk about Lisa. What did you think about Lisa after 30 years seeing her again? I don't think I can. I'm struggling to think of anything I've seen in her in after coming to America. And I know she has been, but it just doesn't come. To I know mind. I've definitely seen her in something. I just don't remember what because I know her face. But she much like Akeem. I feel like her character totally switched up because in part one, she was like this strong, independent black woman. Mm -hmm. And here she's more like subdued, like she'll still stand up to Akeem and stuff, but I feel like for the most part, she's in the back seat and, and they didn't really, she didn't really, I felt like Akeem's mom had more of a forefront in part one versus her in this part. I may be wrong on that, but mm. I, I don't feel like she, they really gave her much. I don't know why that is, but she's a, she was a great actor. I mean, I enjoyed her in part one. Um, I just didn't, it's not that I didn't like her here. I just feel like she didn't, you know, if she wasn't in this movie outside of her interaction with, with um, Leslie Jones, I don't think she would have been missed, to be quite honest with you. Well, I like what they did with her and where it ultimately went. Like, even she's saying that, like, I finally made a friend from my old hood. Like, I, yeah. I like they, there's something kindred in there. But, you know, she didn't have the role that, like, Akeem's mother had where she was so inspiring and, like, like that's strong. Yeah, that strong, you know, character and will. It didn't seem like she had that. She was she was kind of fine taking a backseat to Hakeem and like leaving off from where coming to America the original ended. You would think that she would want as much of a voice as Hakeem. Like both of them. It's I, I don't know. And I guess if you if you lessen Hakeem, you kind of have to lessen her as well. So I guess that makes sense. But I don't know. I just money she, made the ass. So the way that the way that she portrayed the role, her acting in it. She did what she oh, yeah. needed to do. This what Absolutely. I'm talking about is 
all character. This is in the writing's room. I'm not I'm not knocking her as an actress or her no. performance. It's what they wrote for her. I don't I think it, it should have been better. But again, if you do that story that I that I presented with it being about the woman leaving and going to America, I think she could have had a more prominent role in that case if if hundred percent. And also, they can't. You you make a good point. They can't make her this strong woman, because how does that make Akim look now? Because Akim is also like kind of soft in a way. So now, now to have well, actually, then again, you probably could have because if you have her strong and Akim weak, that shows the daughter like, yo, woman, woman can do their own thing as well. And but that would be a whole different storyline, which they obviously weren't going here. They had such so many opportunities to do so much good stuff and they just gave us typical bullshit to be honest with you i'm typical not i'm bullshit. not one that's like really into like p- movies that have political agendas and stuff mm-hmm. but i thought this would have been a great thing just to show women like have the woman be the forefront of what but i mean at the end of the day they they, they sort of well the girl the daughter still gets the she still gets the crown because she's still going to be the queen mm-hmm. but i feel like they just they gave her like a participation award she didn't earn it in a sense, they just say, "Okay, here, this guy's an idiot, so we're not gonna give it to him. We're just gonna give it to you because he's an idiot." Yeah, she and the daughter took such a back seat. You know, let me not say back seat, but they hi- wanted to highlight the son's story, where I really felt like the magic could have been if you highlighted the daughter's story. Um, just, just a missed opportunity. But uh, overall, uh, I guess you want to get in. Do you want to talk about any other other cameos? I know at the end we get a, a shit ton of cameos all thrown at us within like a two minute stretch. That's where we get salt and pepper, salt and pepper in Vogue. Fucking uh, damn! Like every, it feels like everybody came back at that point. The barbershop people were in in Zamunda at that point. Um, and it, it, this movie felt like the Disney version of Coming to America, the original. One hundred percent. The the rate the 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 um PG version yeah. of coming to America. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but unfortunately, overall, what's your overall rating for the film? I'm gonna get so much shit for this, bro. But I really thought hard about what I'm gonna what I'm gonna rate this movie, and and I'm gonna say for nostalgic reasons, I would probably rate this movie a six and a half. But if you were to take out the nostalgic reasons, mm-hmm. I'd probably rate this movie like a four. I'm not even fucking around. But because of the nostalgia, I'll go ahead and give it a six, six and a half. I'll say six and a quarter. That's my final rating. Okay. For me, people are gonna try to kill me now. If, no, 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 I'm not. I mean, that's your rating. I'm not gonna take that. No, away not you, me. people. Oh, for me, it's the nostalgia was cool, but even with the nostalgia, I gotta judge this as a body of work, right? Um, yes. This is like a four and a half for me, bro. Yeah. A movie that I will say I will probably go back to at some point. Like I like I I can completely see a world in in which I watch Coming to America maybe one week and then another week I'm thinking about the characters and maybe I'll pop this in. Um but it's never going to be something that is ever at the level of the original. Um if I do watch it or get the urge to watch it again, it's just going to be for a couple of a couple of scenes. Shit, and that's really about it. Um but it just it's just and it's not even that I expected it to be as good, but it it completely ruins the spirit of so many of the original characters that it's just as as a coming to America sequel. It's a four and a half. If this was just some random Disney plus movie that I watched with my kids, it may be different, but I, it, it's not what it is. Um, yeah, so, you yeah. make a good point. 
And one of the things that I always bring up when we do these, when we get to the ratings is uh, I sort of have my own skill where, and you kind of brought up where, is this something I would go out of my way to watch? Like actually look for it and search and watch it. Mm. Or if it's, if it's on TV, I'm like, okay, let me watch it. Or just flick the channel. And I would never in a million years say, yo, let's watch coming to America too. Never. I've said before, yo, let's watch coming to America. I've myself Oh, I'm looking for a movie to watch. Okay, let me turn on Coming to America. I've done that. If this movie's showing on television, I may stop and watch. Depending on where it is, I don't know if I'll watch the whole thing, to be quite honest mm-hmm. with you. But I would never search for this movie to outright watch it. Never. never. And, I, and I think it's telling when you look at Paramount paid for this movie. The movie was filmed. The movie was completed. They took a look at it and said, no, we're going to sell this to Amazon. The the revenue that a coming to America sequel could possibly make, the fact that it was sold and and Paramount probably thought, no, we're getting a good deal on this. What they sell it for, one hundred and fifty million, I think was the number, um, something like that. Uh, I just think I just think it's telling, and it just it it sucks. And I would really, and we probably won't get it for years to come. I want to know how much of what was in this movie Paramount dictated, because just Eddie, what Eddie Murphy did being in control of Dolomite is my name to a degree. I just can't imagine that we get such a deflated version of coming to America basically is his next project right after. I can pretty much guarantee without knowing, but just saying my feelings, Eddie Murphy's uh, participation or his word on this was probably very minimal. I don't see Eddie. This movie does not reek Eddie Murphy to me at all. At all. I mean, Eddie Murphy just probably was like, hey, you know, like we were, what we were, we were talking about something that one of the episodes where we were talking about executive producers. Yeah. I don't know if it was Martin Scorsese we were talking about where he's like, he just writes the check just so his name could be on the movie. And, they, you know, I felt like that's kind of what this was. Eddie Murphy was just, there's no way Eddie Murphy would have signed off on this shit. I mean, he is and, listed as one of the writers, though. Yeah, but I mean, it's just like we were saying the other day. They list everybody as writers these days. You put one sentence, you're listed as a writer. God knows if you even read the script. Well, yeah, obviously you read the script, but it just doesn't seem like any. How many Eddie Murphy movies have we seen? And we can't say, oh, he's getting all he lost his touch. I'll argue that with Dol- Dolomite was a I phenomenal mean, movie. But but to 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 be fair, Eddie we're gonna Murphy, see Beverly Hills Cop come out eventually. Eddie Murphy, Eddie that, Murphy good did did for a long time was doing those Disney movies, and they felt a lot like this, bro. Yeah. When you yeah. look at the Haunted but Mansion, Daddy Daycare, so I Spy. Like, like, Daddy Daycare is shit. We're talking about coming to America. This yeah. is, like, classic. Like, this is one of the movies. I would, like, this, Trading Places, and Beverly Hills Cop, for me, is what made Eddie Murphy. These are his three movies, Beverly Hills Cop, uh, Coming to America, and Tra- that's what everybody knows Eddie Murphy for those movies. So this is, like, an iconic movie, and and that's the, that's the final product we got. So, but... We're only two people. Let us know how you guys felt about it. Um, that's it. I got nothing left to say uh, on this film. It's unfortunate for me and my standpoint, but I know a lot of people do like it, and we don't want to shit on it. If you do like it, then hats off. If this was something that you enjoyed, good. Embrace it. This is something you should do. I'm not going to poo-poo on anyone saying that they had. I'm not going to sit there and say, no, you shouldn't enjoy this movie. If you enjoyed it, you enjoyed it. For me, it just fell flat. Um, I'm really interested to know. People who saw this movie that never saw Coming to America one, mm. what their thoughts are. I would really be interested to mm. see what they think. Yeah, we'd have to find a young person for that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but uh, JB, that's it, man. Go ahead and give me your social media. Let's get the hell up out of here. I can be reached on Twitter at the P1JB. That's at T H E P1JB. You can also find me on the Film Frequency Facebook group page. 
And you can follow me at CEO Hayes at CEO H-A-I-Z-E. You can follow us collectively at the Film Bros Pod. Make sure you are tuned in and join the Film Frequency Facebook group as well, where we have discussions about movies and TV all throughout the week. Um, me and JB even pop in there from time to time. But uh, that's it. This has been another episode of the Film Frequency. We're signing the fuck off. Peace.